Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a very special edition of Fantai. Yes. It is just for you, our Max Fun subscribers. We are uh, going to talk to you about our show, Fantai, and talk to you about who we are, how this show came about. I am Jared Hill, a politics and pop culture journalist. I am Beyonce, also known as Travel Anderson. I am an inter- okay. I am an entertainment and pop culture journalist, I guess, film critic, all of the wonderful, fabulous things. Also on the microphone, super producer Laura Swisher. Yeah. Wow. And, super humble. And podcast uh, dynasty creator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we've been really working on her self-esteem. <laughs> so, uh, we wanted to take this opportunity to kind of explain to you who we are, what this show is. If you haven't gotten a chance to listen to it, um, we, we highly encourage that you do. Um, we are two journalists who came to Maximum Fun with this idea about our show and what we wanted to create. Fun fact, this show did not start off as Fanti. Correct. It started off as a phrase that Travel and I are always saying when we're tr- one of us is trying to calm the other down. Uh, and so the show was initially going to be called I Don't Disagree. Yes. Um, because usually one of us is like ranting about something. We are both, uh, we serve in executive leadership at the National Association of Black Journalists of Los Angeles. And usually like one of us is like riled up about something and the other one's like, it's okay. I don't disagree. Usually, Jared. But to be no, clear, that is a lie. Usually, Jared. But we should we should tell them first how we met. Yes. Um, and then we will, you know, just to give you all a kind of idea of what this episode will be, we'll talk to you about how we met. Yes. I will speak about how I met Laura, and you know how I came to Maximum Fun, the Maximum Fun family, and then we'll go from there in terms of how this show kind of came to be. Hit it. Okay. So how did we meet? I don't really remember. I love that you you offer that up and then don't have an answer for it. <laughs> well, Travelle and I met uh, at NABJLA. Um, I remember meeting you a couple of meetings before you decided to run for president of the chapter. And by, be, by decided to run for a chapter of the president. And strongly encouraged. I was forced to run we met, by some of the old heads of the organization. We Can met, I do a timeout? Can you guys just, like, what does it mean? The, tell us about the organization. Oh, but like, what do you, what does sure. that mean to be, like, the president and vice president? Or is it just a titles lot of and you guys don't have to do anything? Oh, just like, so, NABJLA, it's the National Association of Black Journalists of Los Angeles. It's a local chapter of the national organization, which is the largest minority-serving journalist organization in the country. And what it is, is it's basically a group um, that helps support and advocate on behalf of journalists of color, increase newsroom diversity. We want to make sure that, uh, in particular, the black community is represented in accurate and nuanced ways in media and in journalism. So that's right. the purpose of the organization. Yeah. Um, and then on the local level, that basically means that we are focused on those same things here in the Los Angeles area, basically. That makes sense? Yes. You guys, like, pick up the phone and call KTLA and you're like, WTF. If we need to, yes. Um, And, you know, we we have a lot of relationships with a lot of those news directors and the folks over there, so they're probably expecting, you know, some sort of call or email when they, you know, fuck up. Um, We haven't had too many issues here in L.A., thankfully. But also we're focused on professional development of black and brown journalists. Um, We work with our other diversity-serving organizations, the National Association of Hispanic Journalists, um, the the Asian American Journalist Journalist Association. Association, NLGJA is the national, was the LGBTQ Journalist Association, CCNMA, the Chico. 
California Chicana News Maker, Media. News Media Association, I Something believe. Something like that. Um, so, like, we work with a lot of those other organizations. We also work a lot with uh, BPRS, which is the Black Public Relations Society. Um, and so we do a lot of work that focuses on uh, empowering and professionally developing people in the communications space. Yeah. Um, and so we met because it was, it was actually, I think, the meeting after National in 2016. Um we were expressing concerns <laughs> about, about the national convention. Yes. And I it was my first national convention um, because I had been called by the president of the national organization after the Melania Trump plagiarism scandal. Let's pause. What is this Melania Trump plagiarism scandal? Who are you, Jared Hill? I, Why people should know you? I don't like you. Um, <laughs> I am the person who broke the Melania Trump plagiarism scandal uh, on in July of 2018. I was listening to Melania Trump speak at the Republican National Convention and recognized the words that she was saying and finished the sentence out loud with her and thought that was strange. Um, <laughs> and uh, went on to tweet about it. And, you know, that tweet really changed my life. Um, I was on every news outlet the next day and throughout the next two weeks there. And it, it really, you know, changed the game for me um, and put me on a lot of different platforms that I didn't have access to prior to that. Um, and so one of the things that changed was NABJ invited me to come to their national convention. Um, they put me up in the president suite of the hotel, which Ooh. was incredible. I was like, this uh, this Must hotel nice. room is bigger than most people's apartments. Um, and I mean, the organization treated me really, really well. And I, I and not just like putting me up, but like people showed me so much love. And I, I felt so like embraced by the organization and the community that we've built um, that when I came back, I was really excited to be a part of the organization. And I have to shout out to Beverly White because when I was doing my media tour local, of all the different places. Local legend here in L.A. Yes. Um, she was one of the people that I met at NBC4 and she was like you have got to come to NABJ and I was like uh-huh I don't know that you know mm -hmm. and I had heard of it before but it didn't didn't resonate in the moment um and it has created like this really fantastic community of, of So journalists. you come to the meeting we're both complaining about um the the small quote unquote small things that yeah. we didn't enjoy at the national convention um and I remember that meeting we had people from the national convention um from like the national board who had skyped in and one of the people who had Skyped in after I had complained, he had said something to the effect of, um, something to the effect of, like, if you don't like it, change it. Oh. You know? And now, you know, telling me some shit like that. <laughs> I'm like, okay, bitch, that ain't no problem. <laughs> and so that's what I really was like, okay, I guess I'm going to do this this president thingy. Mm -hmm. um, so Iran was elected as president. There was a different vice president. I remember having lunch with you uh -oh. that day and you being like, well, I'm thinking about it. And like someone had, oh, said yes. to, someone had said to me like, oh, you should consider running. I was like, I've been here for like a month. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and I remember you and I and like maybe four or five other people yeah. going and having burgers and like talking about it. Um, and you were like thinking about it and I was not even considering it. Um, and then like... Like, and so you know. a vice, a, a different vice president, Jerome Campbell, we ran together. We both used to work at the LA Times. We got about seven, six, seven months later, I think. Yeah. Um, we got elected. We did what we did. Um, and then Jerome got a job in Boston. And so he was leaving. And I needed a, a replacement for, v, for VP. And so I... And no one else was available. What, Listen, no one else was No one available. else answered the phone. I asked, <laughs> I asked so many people. I begged. I cried. I will fuck you up right and here. And I just had to... I was just like, oh my God, I just got to go with this one over You're here. You're like the 75th person on the list. <laughs> <laughs> and so I duped Jared into being VP. Baby, let's talk about that. Because I was like, because I was like, it's not a lot of work. It's just, All I just need you to do there is to like support me and like, you know, talk me off the ledge. The great Candy Burris once said, the last 
lies, the lies, the lies. I was just like, I just need somebody to support me. You know, it's fine. It's not going to be a lot of work. Da, 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 da. And so he ran always, and was elected. In the I position. always joke that um, if I had known how much I would be on the phone with him every day running <laughs> this organization, I probably would have said no. Yeah, um, yeah, just because yeah. I didn't have, I, I did not think I would have the time. And, yeah. But obviously when you really care about something, you find the time and you make the time. Um, so it's been very rewarding to me and I know to you as well to be a part of this organization. It's also very frustrating and, and confusing and dif- difficult, but like it's also something that I find really great value in. Yeah. Um, and for myself and for the chapter and, uh, you know, our members members um, that, you know, come to us to help them or rely on the organization uh, for support. So, yeah. And so then, you know, he was elected um, and then we were serving together and we were just, you know, we we both have big vision minded, you know, perspectives. Right. And so when Jared joined, it was like, OK, we want to increase our membership to at least 100 people. We want to do this type of event. We want to do this type of event. We want to do this. And like we actually set out starting to do that. What that ended up having, what that ended up doing is like putting us in in front of groups together a lot more. And a lot of people started telling us, you two should have a show. You t- you y'all so funny. Like I would watch this. I would listen to this. Like y'all need a podcast. <laughs> I think that we've been hearing that for probably a solid year. Yeah. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. Well, at first it's like, oh, okay, girl. Yeah. And then you hear it again, and you're like, okay, girl. And then the third time you're like, okay, girl. Now, meanwhile, all of this is happening, and I'm uh, initially at the L.A. Times. That's when I first started being a guest on a number of different Maximum Fun shows. Uh, Pop Rocket, I think, was the first one that I... the Rest in peace, Pop Rocket, was the first one I think that I was on. Yeah. Um, And then I think I did... I did... uh, who shot, who shot yeah. you, the movies movies podcast yeah um and heat then rocks. heat rocks um and like popped back to a couple of those shows a couple of different times um and then so as as we're being told you guys to do a show the great Laura Swisher emails me and she's like hi you're really fabulous you're really amazing you're really wonderful she yes you are that, I'm sure. uh she kind of <laughs> did I have the receipt Laura, Laura just gave me the eye I <laughs> have the reason she was like if you would ever be interested like i think you know you should try to do a show with us i'm like let me know and i was like okay cool thank you thank you and like a year later <laughs> it was yeah it was it was some time well so full disclosure like we had had a conversation at another company about doing a podcast <gasps> and yeah. like before maximum fun was even a conversation for us um and you know like the situation there was kind of we're interested by it but not really sure um and then i just kind of like fell apart and so then we were like, well, do we still want to do this? And then we came to Maximum Fun. Well, so I should say, I, I just want to give a little little greater content. I'm not going to spill all I out feel to so you. betrayed. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to spill. So I don't even, I don't remember how we got to that company, but I will say there was a black, black female producer, a black yes. woman there who we were working with. And then the things, things soured. She ended up leaving the company. And when she left, that was our flag. Because, you know, I believe in black women. I support Listen. black women. I follow black women. So when she left, we both were like, hold up. Red flag, red flag, red flag. And I was like, black women, black women. I was like, hold up. There's another black woman that, like, emailed me. I've been on a number of their shows. I like the folks over there. And so that's when I emailed Laura. And I was like, hey, girl, is this, you think this is still an opportunity? Is this still open? 
And Laura's like, yeah, what do you got? Da, 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 da. And I was like, oh, well, we know. Let's work on this little show with Jared. And we should say, the as you said, the the initial show idea that we brought to Maximum Fun was called... I Don't Disagree. I Don't Disagree. Because Jared's always mad. Okay. And I <laughs> okay, always have to talk him off a right ledge. Wow. I have to talk him off a ledge. And, and one of the things that I often say is, like, I don't disagree with you. You're wow. just wrong. But I just need you to breathe. Just a little bit. It's not what you're saying. It's how you're saying This it. is a production of Maximum Lies. <laughs> <laughs> that was cute. That was really <laughs> well, you know. Uh, so we, we set up this meeting with, uh, I think you were in the first meeting, right? Was, Laura's yeah. in the first meeting. Mm-hmm. Jesse's in the first meeting. Bikram. Bikram is in the first meeting. And we proposed this idea. It was really, by the way, your guys' packet was like so professional. Like more professional All than almost anything lo- we've ever <laughs> received. Like as most people are like, they send an email like, hey, we got this idea. We're best friends and we love talking about everything. <laughs> and like that's the pitch. And and you guys had like the graphics package. Yes. You already had the demographics. Like yeah. we think this is going to appeal to listeners <laughs> yeah, of exactly. like, this podcast and that podcast. <laughs> and it was really well done. We're like, all right. Jared's a little anal retentive in that way. So like Listen, he created this entire deck. I love a yeah. pitch deck. I, He's I got love twelve of deck. them for things he hasn't yet pitched. Yeah, um, or or are currently pitching now. And yeah. so we brought it to you all in that meeting, and it was a good meeting. But ultimately, I think it was a Jesse that was like, "Okay, we love y'all, but the idea you have not really." different than it's not specific it's not specific enough it's not different than a lot of the shows that we already see out there and you know full disclosure when you're launching a podcast these days right you've got to be different you gotta have a point of view exactly and so we were like interesting didn't expect you to say that but we're gonna go back to the drawing board right and we're gonna figure this out and so I think we took we had we we had like a two week deadline to bring something back to you all, right? You, no, you you demanded a deadline. <laughs> we did. That sounds about right. Because yeah. we're because we're like, oh yeah, they're 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 great. And then before we wrapped up, you guys were like, so um, yeah, when we're like, uh, you know, and you're like, no, but give us a date so that we <laughs> like, can. When are you talking about? Yeah, right. <laughs> let's put a, let's put another meeting on the calendar. Yeah, so you yes. put a deadline on the calendar imposed, which is deadlines. actually it's, yeah. it's it's very good that you that you did that. But um, but yeah, so very professional and uh, and yeah, and then you guys came back. Yeah, we came back. So I should say, I think I was in New York when we finally came up with this idea. I was in that two-week period. I went to New York for something. I was working at Out at the time. So probably was a photo shoot or something. And we were on phone on the phone talking about like, okay, what the girl, 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 we got four days before this meeting. We ain't coming with right. that new yet. Um, and then you actually came up with the concept. So I had an idea to do a segment, and I don't disagree, called Fanti, where we would talk about like something that we liked but didn't really uh, jive with at the same time. And the more and more we talked about this segment, it was like, I actually think this is the show. I was like, I think I was the one that said, that is, is that is that the... Girl, I think that's the show, girl. I, I think that's a lie, but it's <laughs> fine. Um, but I'll take it. No, but yeah, I mean, it was, it definitely became the the concept of the show because yeah. it was like, that could be a lot to pack into a segment. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? There's so many different things we could talk about. Um, and like, we had like a Hot Topic segment and we had, mm-hmm. you know, the Fanti segment and all that. And we're like, well, everybody does Hot Topics. And like, there is some fun in like being able to talk about what's happening right now. But like, 
we want to like dig into stories, and so we want to get we, our hands dirty. Yeah, we you kind of want to talk about the great areas in our lives. The great, yeah, <laughs> those complex, <laughs> controversial conversations. Yeah, um, and so the idea, the idea, really morphed into like growing that small segment into a full show, yeah. and like because we are people who like hot topics, we've been able to bring in the honorable and dishonorable mentions and the past the popcorn, so we can still talk about what's happening right now. And sometimes our shows have become about some, you know, the Gail King episode with Kobe Bryant. That was an episode. That was really responsive to what was happening in the culture. Um, whereas, you know, some of our episodes are really something that we want to talk about that are really, you know, that that really speaks to us. And some of it is like things that have happened over the last couple years yeah. that like we might have like glossed over and not yeah. go as deep into well, it. Kevin Hart was a perfect possible. example of exactly, that. Yeah. yeah. Kevin Hart had happened a year before and we were trying to figure out when we were going to launch this show and f- trying to figure out our schedules and seeing like, oh, well, this is going to be right before the Oscars and, you know, they don't have a host again. So maybe that's a cool way for us to kind of enter into the conversation. We should also say that, you know, this is where the Max Fun team and Laura come in. They were like, all right, let's 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 record a sample episode. Um, oh yes, and so we actually ended up recording three, mm-hmm. you know, like pilot episodes just to like test out different segments, test out, you know, what what our dynamic actually would be yeah. on a recording. Like it was like we didn't just wake up and like start recording. Like there was some actual work put into Absolutely. over the course of months. To be honest with you, yeah, yeah, figuring out schedules and and being able to make it happen. But uh, I, I like to think that you had a few months to blossom under mm-hmm. my direction. You guys. <laughs> under my tutelage, yes. yeah, you guys really <laughs> yes. get you a black woman, okay? Yes, then get... you can blossom too. Yeah. <laughs> so we t- what I'm actually excited about is one of those pilot episodes will actually be an episode, yep. um, a little bit later on Stay um, tuned. yeah um, so i'm excited about that one because it was a really really good uh a conversation should we say what it is no 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 we'll no, just... no but i was going uh, finish your sentence but i will also, no, that's it. uh i was gonna say uh since this is just a bonus episode only for max fund subscribers maybe you guys can give them a, a taste of some of the topics that we haven't done yes. that you know you want to do and we okay. won't we won't tell, you know, the broader audience. Yes. So the the show I'm This is one of the benefits you get by being a scriber. You get to know a scriber? A subscriber. <laughs> wow, South Carolina. You okay. get to know um, some of the things in the episode topics that are coming down the line. So an episode that we <laughs> When we first decided, okay, this is what the show is, we have talked about this specific episode every week, but mm-hmm. we know that we need to grow into it, uh, is the Kanye episode. Oh, We've yes. We've got to do an episode about Kanye. Yes. And, like, if ever there was a, a figure that's complex and complicated, it's Kanye West. Um, and so I'm I'm fascinated by that. But I'm, even as I'm saying that, I'm like, there is something in doing an episode on Donald Trump, too. Is Because, there? like... I liked Donald Trump when he was on The Apprentice. Did you? Before Donald Trump oh, was like we just an lost asshole. Subscribers. Right. right. No. Thanks, Jared. Right. Exactly. Oh, they were like, we're gone. Well, but like, I mean, let's like, <laughs> let's be honest, right? Like, before Donald Trump became a, a Republican candidate for president, we like he was a mo- rally tele- television. He was a star. big television star. Yeah. I loved The Apprentice. I watched it pretty regularly. 
Um, and like people in New York had feelings about him that I was not aware of, and I don't think the broader populace was aware of. But I don't know that we're doing an episode on Donald Trump. But it maybe just Amorosa. To me. I mean, Amorosa. Ooh, Amorosa would be a good one. Fun fact: I only did her audiobook because I knew my name was in it, and I wanted to hear her talk about me. <laughs> that was a slight flex, FYI. In case y'all didn't know, I, <laughs> he's in Amorosa's book. I mean, um, what did funny she say part about is, you? What did she, say? she was talking about the Melania situation. Oh, okay. But like, I was listening to it and fell asleep and didn't realize I missed it. So I got all the way to the end of the book, and I was like. I didn't even hear it, so I had to go back. Did you it's write a... her? Did you email her? Like, no. I heard I was going to be in it, and I didn't hear it. Like, no. what's up? <laughs> exactly. Like, you played me. But we someone should... sent me a screenshot. We should also just note, because we're talking about how wonderful and fabulous you are, you're also in a history textbook. Okay. Mm. Could you? You are, though. I am. I'm in a media <laughs> textbook about... Okay, so another episode that we're gonna do. I'm turning. He's red. acting. He's acting like he doesn't like the attention. Y'all. I'm, I'm. But he loves the attention. I'm light enough to turn red, and I will. <laughs> yes, he um, is. Okay, the episode that I'm really excited about, and I, I feel like it's coming soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it might even be a two-parter for us. Is an episode I think we might call Robert, Michael, and Bill, which oh. is Robert Kelly, Michael Jackson, and Bill Cosby, um, because those Robert Kelly is R. R. Kelly, Kelly. Just in case you right. did not know, that was his first name. Um, um, Robert. Robert. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I want to talk about those three distinct cases uh, of like sexual assault and sexual violence and the way that we respond to them. Mm-hmm. Because to me, those three, I respond to them all distinctly different. Mm-hmm. Differently, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an, an episode that we're working on. One of the ones that we've mentioned a couple times in the episodes we've already recorded as like just a quick like a side and like a bypass is Tyler Perry. Baby. Um who Woo. I love. I think you love him. I think I do you too. Do. Yeah. You do. Um and so but well, you know we got... let's explore it. Why why the hesitation? Are you embarrassed? Like what's going on? I never embarrassed. I don't get embarrassed. Who does that? Um <laughs> this but, show is brought you know... to you by Maximum Life. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Um, we, you know, Tyler Perry's one of those people who I think has done a lot for black images on screen. I think he's done a lot for black folks in the industry. I think he has, you know, he's built this entire, you know, studio in Atlanta. But, you know, Probably the quality not. of the work is I, questionable. And so I'm, you are very fan and a little anti, right? Yes. I'm also very fan and a little anti, but maybe more... Anti, anti. Than, more anti than he is. You're definitely more anti than I am. I, but a whole lot of fan. Like I, I always say, when it comes to Tyler Perry, from a business perspective, like you cannot touch. Like there's nothing like him out there. Even really, like with like white men, right? Who have acted, written, directed, mm, uh, you know, and like really curated all, all their own films and television. Byron Allen. I different. Well, no, but like Byron, Byron Allen's, Allen's not even up a, there. But Byron Allen's not a star in the way that Tyler Perry is That's as true. well. True. You know true, what I mean? True. Um, but like, I, see, I love it that. from that perspective. But the content to me can be so bad. Um, and when I say bad, I mean like the writing is really, really awful. The production is really, really challenging. Some of the acting is really good and some of it is really challenging. Um, and so <laughs> I'm really excited to get into that episode because I yeah, feel like it's... that'd be a good one. That one is definitely nuanced. Um, one of... And related to Tyler Perry, uh, Monique. That's my girl. Love Monique. I don't care. I don't care. I do not care. Love Monique with my whole heart. Do you really? But sis be wrong. <laughs> not sis be wrong. Sis don't... be wrong. We might actually, that might be the episode that we disagree on the most, actually. Okay. 
Because maybe. Listen, it's fine for you to be wrong. Maybe. <laughs> but like the, these are like samples and examples of like the things that we plan to get into. We also did reach out to uh, Jesse actually t- was tweeting about the show um, when we first launched. And he was asking other people about like their problematic phase. Like, you know, so the yeah. audience could give us suggestions. And so um, I think we'll definitely de- delve into some of those, which like, were like Alfred Hitchcock, somebody mentioned, Quentin Tarantino, mm. um, somebody mentioned. Um, but also, to Travell is actually really adamant about this, and I, I think it's really good that we're not only talking about celebrities on our show, right? right? Yeah. And so, like, some of the other topics that we want to do on the show are about this concept of black forgiveness and how black people are always supposed to be ready to forgive in a way that we don't expect from white people in, in mainstream culture. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things we want to talk about is about white singers and their black backups and how, you know, it's a really popular thing now for white white men and women to sing R&B um, and to be able to cross over back and forth in a way that black artists are never yeah. allowed yeah. to do. Um, and we often, you the way that you see that show up is in charting and also in awards. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. black folks are always in the urban categories, but white folks get to cross back and forth between pop and R&B and cross like all that. And kind we're going to give you a chance. I always think of the, the, the gospel choir that's, Always yeah. there. People bring yes, on. Yeah. Always. Which, yeah. don't get me wrong, live for it. <laughs> and like, and I, I work at a radio station and like we have 10 different stations or so in our building and I was in the break room and uh, one of our stations is K-Rock, the world famous K-Rock, um, and they're a rock station and I heard Post Malone on a song with Ozzy Osbourne and she was talking about, you know, this song is brand new and it's really popping and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, it's interesting to me that he's on the alternative rock charts, mm. but... Lil Nas X couldn't be on the, the country, yeah. country chart, yeah. and and that was a, a display. We're a also display going to get into. We're gonna let give you a chance to shine with your your politics background, mm-hmm. and I think we're gonna do. We we haven't really decided yet, but we, I think I kind of want to do an episode on the Democratic Party. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, we talked about yeah. doing it this week, but we tape our show on Tuesdays. It's a Tuesday outcome, so it would be weird to do it. We'd have to do it on a day. I'm thinking we might do it around the election sometime, or yeah. maybe around the convention or something like that. But yeah. I think that that could be something really interesting to like a, a broader kind of conversation about you know what what the hell is going on. One of my in favorite party. one of my favorite uh, episodes that we have coming up is about gospel music in the black church and um, how personal that is Mm -hmm. Um, it's a very like close to home kind of discussion I think about like the attachment to gospel music and feeling so inspired by it but also feeling Really, really troubled and challenged by it yeah. sometimes. So, so there, those are just just a quick sampling, a little amuse bouche, if you will. <laughs> I don't know if it was quick. <laughs> uh, well, that's all right. Sometimes the, the sometimes the appetizer isn't you know a small plate. You know sometimes what? it's a sampler plate, Let and you know. got a little chicken, a little nacho. Are you a still little, talking? You know, <laughs> I'm just saying. This is a, a variety of things, but we hope that you all are like enjoying the types of conversations that we're having. We really find it important. In um, to make sure we're having a conversation with the listeners, uh, make sure we're having a conversations with our supporters, um, and to make sure like that it's like kind of a well-rounded conversation. Like some of the feedback that we've gotten early on in the show is that you know it's just Jared and I sharing our opinion, which you know yes, it is our show. That's the point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, 
But we will be bringing in, you know, other voices and other perspectives um, as well. So give us any type of feedback that you think would, would help make the show better. Vapid. Yeah. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, when we recorded the the episode on gospel music, one thing that I found really fascinating was uh, both of your roles in the church, and also uh, just where where you grew up and how that has kind of shaped your outlook. And so, uh, Travel, yeah. you're you were kind of like a mini. Literally, like a mini celebrity oh, in where South Carolina? Uh, in I was a, I'm originally from Charleston, South Carolina, the Low Country, as we call it. Um, and yeah, so my grandmother was a pastor, um, and she was a kind of a local celebrity herself, and so by association, um, I was too. She had a radio station. I read the Bible verse on the radio station <laughs> every Sunday, um, and so I was I was like you know. Because of a variety of different activities that I participated in, like, I was expected to be, like, the next, you know, youth pastor-type person. Uh, As we can tell, if you've been listening to the show, (laughs) it didn't quite manifest that Which y'all can't see is he's moving his cord as if it's his hair. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, Laura, wait till you see him with braids. My third (laughs) It's it's obnoxious. It's a lot, Uh, but it's amazing. But yeah, so, you know, I'm from Wait, so how old? How old? So you're on the air, and and like, and how do you pick the, uh, the, did you ever get to pick your verses? Like, this is my favorite verse, Grandma, can I read this one? Yes, my favorite verse, and it's still my favorite verse, and you, mainly because uh, uh, I just like remembering it. I, I'm just like, it's like, what's the word? It's, it's like ingrained, yeah. ingrained into my mind and that's Philippians, uh, is it 4.13? Oh my gosh. Is it Philippians 4.13? I thought you knew. <laughs> I think it's Philippians 4.13. <laughs> uh, it's um, uh, Philippians 4.13. Uh, I can I'm, do all no, things I'm... through Christ that strengthens me. No, mm. that, that's, that's not Philippians 4.13? No, that's 4.22. <laughs> If I'm, I was if, like, I, if I'm remembering my Bible verse, I was gonna say, I was like, oh, she's getting him. Oh, I'm gonna say, I'm doing a thing. She's doing a thing. Got it. She's getting me together. Am I wrong? My grandmother is rolling over in her grave. I, um, that episode though, where we talked about church, was uh, about gospel, black gospel. What do we call it? Um, the black church and gospel yeah. music, um, which we've kind of given away something. here. It's fine. Um, but. Uh, that was a very uh, interesting episode. We have a guest on that show, and I mean, I remember I cried on that show. You did, yeah. which I hate crying on the air. Mm. Um, it was but, really touching. Uh, it was. It was. It, it was point. It was. It legit. It was a poignant. Yeah. Episode. Yeah, yeah. Which is why y'all y'all will da- y'all will definitely love. It. But we should get into a little bit of your background. Well, yeah. so, yes. Um, I mean, why don't these are the subscribers? We can tell them. So yeah. the episode is coming out at the end of March. It'll be uh, in correlation with the Clark Sisters movie that's coming out on Lifetime. Um, yes. And we have the executive producer from that film, who's a good friend of mine. Uh, he'll be on that show, so you guys can look forward to that one. So yes. sorry, that'll so be at the your, end. But your your background, you where where are you from? I'm from the Bay Area. Um, yeah, area. Yeah, area. And uh, Hello, I, cool. Hello, I, cool. I, I feel movement. <laughs> exactly. Oh, shoot. Um, Hyphy's a better. We <laughs> go ride the whip. Um, yes. The whip. Um, I'm from the Bay Area. I grew up there and ended up going to school in Atlanta um, at Clark Atlanta University. The ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all can't see the 
death stare he's <laughs> giving me right we have, now. We have this back and forth because he went across the street to the lesser school at Morehouse. The lesser school. Check the check the rankings, darling. That's fine. Um, check the rankings. I, I always love how like Morehouse men, so many Morehouse men, love to like, uh, you know, really just gloat about going to Morehouse when they cross register their ma- their majors at Clark Atlanta. Some have. Spike Lee is a great example. Mm-hmm. That's okay. okay. That's anyway. Cause we didn't have. That's because Morehouse doesn't have certain majors, and so you can cross register either at Clark Atlanta University or Spelman College if they have a major that your school gotcha. does not. It's you know, a whole it's, no, community. It's kind of, well, it's really funny because like usually when a school doesn't have your major, you just don't go there. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> but you want to go to the so, better school. Yeah. You want to go to the better school. You want to go to the better ranked school. You want to go to the school that okay. people actually know. Okay. You know? <laughs> I mean, what are you saying? When I commit a hate crime in this <laughs> No, so uh, I went to Clark Atlanta University, and my whole college experience is its own its own story. Um, but I ended up becoming a journalist in 11th grade because my 10th grade English teacher was becoming the advisor the next year. And he was like, I think you should come to the journalism class. And I was like, I think you should find somebody else. And uh, eventually I decided to do that. And the very first story we ever did you know, this was before the internet machine, but like it went viral in the way that stories went viral back then. And like the PTA was talking about it and the school board was talking about it and the whole school, like everybody. You made waves? Yeah, we made waves. Um, and that story was about. I'm sure you're lying. But no, keep it going. was it was really, well, it, it, it really made me see the, the power of journalism because we did this story, me and my uh, friend at the time, her name was Casey, and we did this story about students on campus that were like kissing each other and how gross we thought that was. <laughs> and we called it Swapping Spit. And it was like. I can't. Oh it was God, gross. Right. Wait, do you have it? Can we post it? I need to find it. I Can don't know if I it? could even find it, but I'll I'll reach Did out. Did you to have them. an internet back then? No. Oh. It was <laughs> it was 2001, you little bitch. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was a, it was interesting to me though to be able to see how a story could grow yeah. and you know people could talk about it and it could really have an impact in in the culture of just our school. Um, and that was exciting to me. So uh, that's kind of how I got my start in journalism. How did you get started in journalism? Um, similarly, in high school, I was part of a uh, I was part of Model United Nations, mm. and the and we were the hottest shit in the country, literally. Um, and the advisor of Model United Nations was the director of our Convergence Media program. Um, and so she was like, "You need to figure out something in in the Convergence Media program that you can do." Um, her co lead of the program was over the newspaper um, and because I was a great writer in my United Nations they were like you should try out the newspaper um, had never written anything uh, this would have been end of 10th grade going into 11th grade Same. Oh my had, God. Never, had never written anything for the newspaper but when I submitted myself to formally join the newspaper the newspaper director was like oh I've read some of your writing I like you you're going to be the opinion page editor and I was like girl what I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Come again? Um, was it hard for you to come up with opinions? No. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. Um, but I similarly had a story that kind of made a little bit of waves uh, at the school. I I was straight at the time. <laughs> <laughs> wow, really? <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. I hate oh, you so straight. much. She was I hate you so much. <laughs> I was 
anyway, oh, long story short, I was straight at the time, but there were a lot of students who were like making fun of me and like calling me gay and a faggot and all this other stuff. Mm. And so I wrote this story about like how just because I don't subscribe to like your traditional ideas of like what it means to be a man or what it be- means to be masculine, like doesn't mean, you know, I'm gay. I'm gay. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're just bypassing mm-hmm. all of that mm-hmm. but the story was like it was really, people thought it to be very interesting and very like revealing and vulnerable and all of that like that and for me that was my mind I was like oh mm. like there's power behind like the written word to like convey emotions and feelings and so I just continued you know writing through um, through high school but I didn't plan to be a journalist I was supposed to I was following Elle Woods in I was planning to follow Elle Woods in Legally Blonde and go to law school wow gay um, uh, right that part right very that in retrospect I'm like yeah. yes uh, Laura where are you from what's your background uh, I grew up mainly in, in Tucson Arizona and mm-hmm. uh yeah, I came to producing actually via stand-up comedy. So I started out doing stand-up, and then that wait, led... how long did you do stand-up? A long time. Jared's I did... also a buddy. Oh, really? Stand-up I did stand-up comedian. for two and a half. I told years, y'all he yeah. got twelve jobs like Phaedra Park. Well, I haven't done stand-up in a while, but yeah, I did. I did stand-up for two and a half years. It was fantastic. I loved it. And then I moved to LA, and I was like, I hate stand-up. Yeah, because uh, well, Los Angeles. I started out doing stand-up in in Los Angeles, which is a horrible place to start, only it's because awful. you have to fight so hard for stage time. And the, there's so much driving, and there's so much, and also just there was a ton of misogyny, which I'm like very used to. But mm. just it was a a, a boys' club, and uh, in that part, it, it's just I get tired of like listening to just really tired yeah. stuff. Like, is, if you're super funny, okay, say what you need to say, and we'll I, I may not agree, but whatever. But just so many, just like hacky, really bad, yeah, just poorly written this is awful and so but anyways I came up um, on the stand-up scene and uh, I was on the first season of Last Comic Standing if I want to date myself OMG oh my God. Um, I watched that <clears throat> yeah I I don't remember if I don't even know if I really made the because I made it to the fi- to the semi-finals okay. at the Laugh Factory and uh, I think <laughs> Joe Rogan was a judge. I think Monique was a judge. Oh and oh, wow. I want to say it wasn't Billy Barty. Was it? No, it wasn't Billy Barty. I forget. It was the well, sort of like an, uh, an I'm old. Doing the yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember one. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. one to one comic. He was like, "You're gonna be a star." Yeah. And I don't think that prophecy came to pass. I don't think this person became a star. Um, but yeah, I think Joe liked me. Monique wasn't having me, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I did not advance to uh, oh, to so Vegas. So you have a personal feeling about Monique? I'm saying we might have to have you on the episode about Monique. <laughs> I don't have. A, I, 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 I do not have strong Monique feelings. Um, but uh, but I also felt like you know you can hear me talk, and my and my act isn't. Uh, I'm not. I'm not blackity black, and I you know mm-hmm. I, I don't have the sass and da da da. Um, and so I and I think. You know, there's so many. Um, I think people have an expectation of like what it means if you're a black right. comedian. I think that's right. uh, thankfully, I don't think it's as uh, the same as it has been mm-hmm. in the past, which I find really refreshing. Just because, well, I also I'm, I'm like good friends with Wyatt Snack, and so 
uh and and i just really admire uh people that have like their own strong points mm-hmm, of view mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. are just really smart and don't necessarily like he used to do I think he went to Just for Laughs in Montreal and uh, did a character where he did sort of like the um, the BET or not the BET but the um, the HBO uh, Deaf Comedy Jam uh-huh. and so he would come out in character like where am I what people at where am I and the house like ate it up yeah. and then he switched he's like I'm just kidding and then he went back to like his snackness <laughs> and uh, and and but that's the thing is like. No, people really it's like they if he that. if he just continued he could have uh yeah. he could probably have like even a, a like a, a better career than uh than he's had. If just he leaned by, into that character. If yeah. he wanted to lean into that. And so um anyway, like I'm I'm really happy that uh yeah, that we're seeing a lot more diversity, not just with black people, but like across the board. Um anyway, so I started out doing comedy. I wound up uh, co-hosting a show on tech TV called Unscrewed with Mark Martin Sargent, and I was like the sidekick co-host. Uh, and so from there, wound up uh, like doing producing on-camera stuff, and then eventually um, I got uh, a gig, part-time gig on uh, d- producing on The Daily Show and then The Nightly Show, totally biased, and and then a handful of like online outlets that uh, people wouldn't know about, but but concentrating like comedy, mm-hmm. politics, mm-hmm. pop culture, and uh, yeah, just sort of. I, I think cool. I've I've had a, a career where it's like I have all these random interests, mm-hmm. and and so I've. I've managed to like cobble out a uh, a career that like and now she's a well superstar, it. you know, podcast producer who knows talent when she sees it. Exactly. And, you know, <laughs> I love how you brought that back around to him. You yeah, 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 yeah. Well, what did you expect? All right, we've met. Okay. Um. All right. Well, I feel like you guys have gotten like, a little bit of a chance to get to know a little bit about us about our show. Yeah. You know who's producing the show? Yes, because you always hear us say, "Laura Swisher." <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and now you know a little bit about all of us. Um. So hey, make sure to check out the latest episode of Fantai. It is available right now. And thank you for checking out this production of Maximum Fun. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported